0: Cinem- Cinem- soft soft Hello, horror fans. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and today on the, uh, well, getting close to the last day of the year, which is tomorrow. Uh, today I am going to be talking about uh, kind of doing a, a, a very general recap of my year and the movies that I really liked throughout the year. And I'm not sure how much I'll get through. If I can, I will continue this on New Year's Eve Day. And But I'm not 100% sure. It all depends on on my schedule, and if I'm able to fit another episode in before the new year. But at the very least, today's episode is going to be uh, 2014 year in review, and we're going to tentatively call it part one. If I can get to to another part, then so be it, but uh, at least I'll get some of this out. Out there. So uh, anyway, and obviously I'll be starting with January of 2014, and I'm just going to kind of work my way through the huge list of movies that I saw. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the movies, uh, but uh, I'm going to hit on a lot of movies that would fit into my show, Cinema Soft Underbelly. Um, So movies like The Master and 12 Years a Slave and Man of Steel, stuff like that, I'm not even going to mention because they don't really fit onto this show. Um, but stuff like Just Before Dawn, Ninja 2, Shadow of a Tear, that more falls into what this show's all about, which is of obviously Gems in the Rough, Hard to Find Movies, Little Scene Movies, Horror Movies, Sci-Fi, Fantasy, all that good stuff. So um, anyway, okay, I'm going to get started, and I, for day one of 2014, January, was Just Before Dawn and uh and again because i'm going to be moving rather quickly i'm not going to give the technical specs and stuff of movies but just maybe a brief synopsis or you know hey you should check this thing out some of several of these movies I could see myself spending a lot more time on in a future episode where I dedicate more like 10 to 15 minutes per movie but here I'm just going to kind of breeze through them but just just before dawn is one of those backwoods horror type movies from the early 80s I don't think that it works nearly as well as the final terror which I really really liked but it's enjoyable for what it is it's uh it's stretched a little bit too long. There's not a whole lot that happens uh, after the beginning, and and a very cool ending. There's the middle part gets pretty boring. But anyway, just before done was the first movie I watched. Um, I did really like Ninja Part Two: Shadow of a Tear. Uh, I I think that Scott Adkins is uh, a great a great uh, hero, almost a direct to video type hero, kind of in the Jean Claude Van Damme type mold. So he Kicks butt, and he's not the greatest actor, but he still does a good job. And Ninja is not necessarily soft underbelly material, but it's still a fun, it's a fun direct-to-video type movie. So big thumbs up. Um, so I also watched uh, in January uh, the one of my favorite movies from Hammer Studios, and that was The Mummy, starring Christopher Lee as the mummy and Peter Cushing. And uh, it is such a great movie. The less I say about that one, the the better, because I'll spend more time on that movie at a later date uh, when I get back into more Hammer movies. But The Mummy is a great movie. So, um, and then anyway, watched Hot Fuzz again, which doesn't really fit into this show, but I love that movie. Uh, Season of the Witch, starring Nicolas Cage and Ron Perlman, not the... uh, Not the... um, George Romero season of The Witch, I think that he had a season of The Witch, and also, obviously, Halloween 3 season of The Witch, Uh, but this thing here is super, super, super cheesy, and it's okay, I think I gave it three stars out of five, it was okay, not one that you're going to be hearing a whole lot about on Soft Underbelly, but it was, I watched it twice now, and it's entertaining enough for what it is. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street in January. I thought that's one of the best horror movies ever, not just from the 80s, but of all time. I think that's one of the best uh, horror movies, and easily Wes Craven's best movie. Uh, That one there still holds up. uh, Holds up better than any of the sequels, and especially better than the remake, which was a chore to get through. Um, But yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. Great movie. And if you haven't seen that and you're listening to this show, what is wrong with you? Get on that immediately. That's a great movie. Um, and then a couple other ones from January: uh, Her, Lone Survivor, uh, Total Recall. I rewatched that one. Uh, there was a movie called The Banshee Chapter. I believe it's on Netflix. I watched that, and it's a really good little uh, little horror movie. A government drug uh, drug type thing where the government's drugging these patients and uh, bad things happen. And it actually has... It's almost like a newer release version of From Beyond. There's a lot of nods to the movie From Beyond, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. Uh, the less I say about that, the better. If, you, if you're if you interested, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, Beast Within, another movie that I have watched numerous times from the early 80s, uh, about uh, a woman, a, a couple that... On their honeymoon, I believe she's raped and by this creature in the woods. And years later, their son, quote unquote, uh, starts killing off people in this town. And it, it's a great movie. Uh, Ronnie Cox stars in it. And this movie here is crazy gory. I love The Beast Within. I've seen it numerous times. That that one there, I will be spending more time on at a later date on Soft Underbelly. That's one that should be should be seen. So I'll touch on that later. Um okay, and then a couple others that I've already talked about. I watched the Evil Dead, the original evil dead in uh in january and uh in January was when I was really on a on a world War two auschwitz role, so I was watching a lot of documentaries on that and uh just different information on that that period in time so i all I had a lot of stuff from January that was that, which I'm not going to talk about here. Uh, and then I also got into some uh, some DVDs that I picked up on the cheap. I have The Tiger, starring Gary Busey, as a uh, wrongfully accused convict that fends off a biker gang in a small town. And it's cheesy, but it's quite funny. Uh, Dungeon Master, which was horrible. No, uh, oh, what else did I see? Um, Big Bad Wolves, which is a Jewish-made movie. Quentin Tarantino said it was the best movie of the year. I would disagree with that. It was way too long for what it was, but it was enjoyable and had a really quirky, cool payoff. So uh, that might be one that I talk about later. We'll see, depending on if I have time. But now just looking through January, man, there was a bunch of January movies that uh, fit into soft underbelly territory. Next up would be Cellar Dweller. Uh, and that would, that is a soft underbelly movie through and through. It's not great, but it's 75 minute low budget diversion with a creature in a house and it's silly and fun. Exterminator 2, uh, Mario Van Peebles is in this one and it's hilariously bad, uh, but worth a watch. Um, and then I've got some other ones in here, the vagrant, the outing, um, this is where I watched I Frankenstein 3D. Uh, a lot of these things do fit into this show. I don't really have time if I'm going to cover the entire year. Quartermass, Experient, Quartermass Two, and uh, those were Hammer movies, uh, Alien Invasion. Hammer movies. They weren't as good as uh, Quartermass in the Pit, but uh, they are still quite good and, and watchable. I've talked about them actually on a previous episode. Um, so. Uh, X the Unknown, Catacombs was terrible. Um, Rays was terrible. Um, Europa Report was extremely good. Your Next, uh, I love that movie. Love, love, love that movie. Um, and that's one that I could see myself talking about more later. Um, but if you haven't watched Your Next, you should check that movie out. That's a great movie. And, um, and then uh, Night of the Demons Part Two is on Blu-ray, and that was from 1994. And I'll tell you that one still holds up quite well as being one of the better movies from the 90s in the horror genre. I really, really liked that movie. Um, now, uh, the last one that I want to talk about uh, from January is uh, is so soft underbelly that um, it it oozes it oozes filth, and that would be Ilsa, She Wolf of the SS. And again, I'm not going to get into that movie in depth on this episode because the Elsa movies will certainly be covered uh, on a future episode of Soft Underbelly. Trust me. If there was ever a series tailor-made for this show, it's those movies. But um, I, my history with the Elsa movies goes all the way back to me working at a small video store in Millersburg and seeing those, those covers. And if you know what the Elsa movies are, you know what covers I'm talking about promising all sorts of things, and delivering for the most part, but, uh, and the best one, She-Wolf of the SS, uh, is just insane, and big thumbs up there. I, as far as a, a silly grindhouse movie, it's big thumbs up, but, um, you can just kind of tell by the title what the movie's about. Uh, she's a warden, and she's a member of the Nazi party, and, Yep, that's all you need to know for now. I'll get into those later. Uh, so, anyway, that was January. January was actually a pretty, pretty heavy, soft, underbelly month. I cannot possibly see myself getting through this in one episode, much less two, but we'll see. Uh, February brought us the great documentary, The Nightmare Factory, about Greg Nicotero and KNBFX fantastic fantastic ninety minute movie although it could have been it could have been three hours easily it uh, they just skimmed over so much stuff because there's so much stuff that these guys have done can be effects but uh, their work is prominent on my show because a lot of movies that I talk about they've they've been a part of those movies um, then I actually watched the original night of the demons, uh, which is definitely better than the sequel but they're both very very good but the uh, The original from Scream Factory is one of the greatest things from the 80s. That movie is so great. And uh, another series that I could see myself talking about at a later date, although 3 was terrible and the remake was even worse. Uh, But the first two are quite enjoyable. Okay, Darkman. Uh, Most people have heard of or seen Darkman, starring Liam Neeson, directed by Sam Raimi. It's a very enjoyable movie. If if dated, uh, it's still quite fun. Um, Witchboard, another Scream Factory release from the, from the 80s and Witchboard, it's about a Ouija board, uh, is actually, uh, quite good for what it is. I'd never seen it before. It's not great, but it's, it, it's not bad for, for a little horror movie from the 80s. I'm guessing that it's probably worlds better than that Ouija movie that just came out that looks just terrible. Um, so anyway, yeah, Witchboard gets a thumbs up, uh, Next up is chilling visions, and I've actually watched this twice in the same year because I liked it that much It's a horror anthology and it's about the five human senses so touch taste smell like all those are covered in a in a short story and they all work to a certain extent it's shot very very well uh, although I have to demerit it a little bit because there is some shaky direct to video acting going on but I'm quite impressed with what they accomplished out of that. It's pretty cool. Uh, there's a couple of them that are pretty nasty. Uh, but Chilling Visions, it's Five Senses of Fear, good movie. Big thumbs up. And, and it's soft underbelly material there. Okay. Um, and then if you want to get to the depths of, of, of Terrible, visit the movie called Toad Road. It's literally nothing for 75 minutes. It's literally nothing Um, bad teen actors doing drugs and fighting and something I think, maybe, about hell maybe, I don't know, it was terrible that was probably the worst movie I've seen uh, this year, Toad Road Uh, Sinister was fantastic, holds up just as well on second viewing as it did the first viewing it's absolutely positively terrifying terrifying movie and I love it um, it was actually one that was, it was so creepy. The first time I saw it, I didn't revisit that one for a little while. And usually if a movie is really good and scary, I, I revisit it rather quickly. But that one there was, had such an oozing sense of dread throughout the entire thing that, uh, I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. I've got to, uh, yeah, I've got to take a break from that one. But upon rewatching, it's every bit as good. The ending is just nuts. I loved it. Um, Again, there are some movies that I'd like to talk about, but they don't quite fit on this show, even because they're great movies, but they don't quite fit on this show. Um, Stuff like Prisoners, which was uh, one of the very best movies that I saw last year, although it's not really soft underbelly material, so I'm going to keep moving. Uh, Die, Monster, Die is a Boris Karloff movie, and it's not a a Hammer movie, but it is a late 60s, Roger Corman possibly produced movie. I don't have the Blu-ray in front of me but it's definitely one that fits onto this show and it's one that I'm going to definitely be talking about later because I watched it twice in one year and I I quite enjoy it for what it is and I'll talk about that later. Uh, So that got a thumbs up. Uh, The Horror Show which is actually House Part 3 I watched that one in February and that one um it's okay. Lance Henriksen is in it. Uh, it's it's basically it's a better version of uh, Wes Craven's Shocker. It's not great by any means, but it's it's certainly worth a watch. Um, unfortunately, the only version available on Blu-ray and DVD is the R-rated version that uh, that cuts significant amounts of gore out. So I was surprised that Scream Factory didn't. Release that one uncut or try to find the uh the original film negatives to make you know to reinstate it to make it uncut, but anyway regardless um I might get into that one a lot of these like I said a lot of these I'm gonna be talking about at a later date because I watched so much this year uh that you know I, they can't all fit on one episode um okay, return of the living dead uh is this the greatest horror movie of all time close yeah it's close uh I if you ever want to know how to marry comedy and horror perfectly into a fantastic comedy horror movie, um, Return of the Living Dead is it. Same with American Werewolf in London and Shaun of the Dead to a lesser extent. because Shaun of the Dead is more comedy than than horror. This is more horror than comedy. But the little witty jabs that they put in Return of the Living Dead, the original Return. Is fantastic. Five stars out of five. Perfect movie. Perfect horror movie from the 80s. One of the best things to ever come out of the 80s and one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Another one that I plan to be talking about a lot more in depth, especially uh, the version that I've got, the UK release on uh, Steelbook Blu-ray uh, that, that has the original audio. I, I believe I covered that on a previous episode, but uh, anyway, great movie. Uh, and then I got into some hammer horror again, Twins of Evil and it's got Peter Cushing and it's got uh, buxom blonde vampire twins in it uh, and it's gothic and it's set back in the castle days and there's gore and there's lesbian stuff and it's a good movie and yeah, Twins of Evil it's a solid Hammer movie, not their best stuff but it was it was at a time where Hammer was trying to up the ante because um, people, the, the audience was demanding more uh, so it was uh, there was more nudity and, and bloodshed than your typical Hammer movie. Uh, good movie. Big thumbs up. Uh, okay, uh, going down through the list. Uh, then, of course, we've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, which I watch every single year, um, sometimes more than once. In fact, I haven't watched my new uh, Mastered in 4K Blu-ray release. I Actually, it's a, the UK version. Which is the most complete version available? Uh, there is some audio, uh, there is some audio glitches in the newest US release that is not found present in the UK release. So, and there's more features on this version here as well. So, I imported this bad boy, and I plan on watching that definitely in 2015. Um, and then, I've, you know, the making of the making of stuff is so good on on these movies. Uh, but anyway, uh, Return of the Living Dead. That's yeah, you know what Return of the Living Day, even if you're not a horror fan, you know what Return of the Living or I'm sorry, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know what that is. Uh, American Horror House, uh, cheesy sci-fi original, I actually watched it two times in one year, gets a big thumbs up, and one of the best things to ever come out of a sci-fi channel, and I believe I covered that on a previous episode again, you know, sorority house uh, with some stupid college chicks, and there's a vengeful spirit, and it's surprisingly quite good for what it is there's a lot of practical effects in it uh the movie is virtually impossible to track down the first time i watched it was at my mom and dad's house on on hdtv on the sci-fi channel and i'm like wow that was actually good and uh then i try to track it down and it's impossible to find uh there was a blu-ray release but it was in another country and it was under a different title and it was heavily edited uh so i'm like well no thanks um so I finally found it streaming online, but the quality was less than DVD. But I rewatched it because it was that good, and I quite enjoyed it. So, uh, Okay, um, Hell Comes to Frogtown. I'm already kicking myself in the butt for selling this Blu-ray. This is an Arrow release that I think that they only made 1,500 copies, which sold out. And I watched it, and it wasn't good uh, at all. So I sold it. Well, it's sold out now, and it's growing in value, and I sold it for what I bought it for, and I'm like, a year from now, that thing's going to be worth a lot of money, but Rowdy Roddy Piper, the wrestler, is in it, and it's in the future, and there's frog creatures and bad actors not doing a whole lot for 85 minutes, and it felt like it was three hours long, and so hell comes to frog town. There you go uh Baron Blood which was Mario Bava movie um I this got, gets a thumbs up not not his best stuff but I'm a sucker for Mario Bava movies and uh this was um I would put this right there with uh Planet of the uh, Vampires and maybe slightly uh better than than um, Bay of Blood so that was um that was something that I watched and it was good so um, anyway, let's see. Uh, so much good stuff here. Oh, then Zombie Flesh Eaters, and that Zombie Flesh Eaters is actually Lucio Fulci's zombie, uh, but that's the UK version, and I've got the Arrow UK release, which is even though Blue Underground's release is fantastic on Blu-ray, it does not hold a candle to the the job that Arrow did. The movie looks so good, um, and it's it's funny because the the Blue Underground release. Uh, The first time I saw that, I'm like, this is amazing how this looks on Blu-ray. Well, it was oversaturated and cleaned up very, very well on the Blue Underground release. But the Arrow release is the most film-like and the most accurate to how it probably looked back then. It looks fantastic. Uh, It's one of the prize movies in my collection is the Arrow release of Zombie Flesh Eaters. And the special features on that disc are extensive. Um... Fantastic. Man, that's a great movie. Great movie. One of my favorites. Uh, and a lot, again, a lot of these I've talked about before. Uh, house of Clocks, Lucio Fulci's uh, time, time travel-y horror movie haunted house thing that's hilarious. Uh, uh, Lamberta Bava's Demons. Uh, I rewatched my Arrow release of that. Now, I do have the Synopsy Blu ray, the the uh, Region A Blu ray Synopsy release, and supposedly that is worlds better than the already extremely impressive Arrow release. So I, I'm looking forward to rewatching that, but I'm not there yet. I need to wait just a little bit longer, but supposedly it looks worlds better, and I don't know how they could even do that because the Arrow release was so good. Uh, but anyway, uh, Demons is. I, Fantastic. That's a four and a half out of five star movie for me. Um, Last Days on Mars was a a, a decent sci-fi movie uh, with a, a, an infection on Mars, and uh, it was good. Not really soft underbelly material. More mainstream sci-fi. I recall thinking that should have probably got a theatrical release because it was it was quite good. Um, and then we go to Cabin Fever, Patient Zero. I've already talked about that. I thought it was, I thought it was good, and I'm probably one of the only people that thinks that, but I'm going to stand by it. I liked that movie. I thought that it shouldn't have been called Cabin Fever because it's not Cabin Fever. The subtitle was Patient Zero, and maybe the movie should have been called Patient Zero or uh, Plague Infection on Island, something. But it's not, it's not Cabin Fever, but it's, it got slapped with that name. Uh, it is good, and it is sick. Man, it, that thing is gross. Um, House of Witchcraft, of course, House of Lost Souls. If you're interested in those movies, it's one of the first episodes that I ever recorded. I think the third episode that I recorded, third or fourth, I talk about House of Clocks, House of Witchcraft, House of Lost Souls, and House of Horrors. Uh, revisit that episode if you're interested in those movies. They are some of my favorite Italian movies from the late 80s. And, uh, they are in a world of their own. They are quite unique. So... Uh, and they're hard to find too, but they can be found on eBay. They are available, so if you really want to see them, check them out. Uh, Static 3D, which is a very low budget uh, movie that was shot in 3D. I picked it up on the cheap on Blu-ray, and I thought it's it was actually quite good. It was um, one of those twi- very very Twilight Zoney type movies. And the less you know, the better. It's a bit slow, but the ending is good enough to where you're like, ah, that was a cool little 80 minute movie or whatever. That that. Did the job. I liked that. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning, 3D, unrated, all the way from China, uh, is the version that I got because the U.S. release is the R-rated cut version and I refuse to watch that because this movie is so hardcore. Uh, this movie is so hardcore that it actually uh, it, it veers into horror just because it's so good violent and despicable and that's a a universal soldier movie here and it's just oh man uh but if you know universal soldier movies you know this one but this one here takes a much more sinister turn uh there's a lot more gruesome violence in it and van damme is in it not for very long dolph lundgren is, is in it not for very long uh scott atkins is in it um but the blood flows like rivers in this thing, and the 3D is pretty good, too. Uh, big thumbs up. Man, that movie was good. So, uh, Tenebrae, uh, Dario Argento's Tenebrae. I've talked about that before on my Dario Argento episodes. I watched that on Blu-ray, the Arrow release. It was fantastic. Four and a half out of five stars. One of my favorite uh, Giallo movies of all time. Watch this movie. It's great. Um, Ghost House, another fantastic uh, crazy movie from the uh, 80s from director uh, Umberto Lenzi and uh, this one here features the same house that was in Lucia Fulci's House by the Cemetery and it's got a very creepy doll and it's a great movie. Watch this thing. I can't tell you how many times I've watched this movie throughout the years and I just I never grow tired of it. It's funny, it's silly, it's gross and it's so Italian 80s. I love it. Big thumbs up. Um then there are a couple of stand-up comedy acts. Uh, I, I watched Frankenstein Created Women, which is a Blu-ray release. Uh, Hammer Studios made this movie. It was one of the many ha- Frankenstein movies that they made. This one here, as weird as the title sounds, was probably their most technically uh, well-made movies. It's such an odd title, and it makes it sound way more cheesy than it, than it actually is. Uh, it's actually more of a tragic love story type thing going on. Um but it's not overly horrific but it's a very well-made movie and it's it's weird that they called it Frankenstein Created Woman cuz it just makes it sound silly and it's not so one that you should watch and it is on region A Blu-ray and I have it and I quite enjoy it um I watched Phantoms uh, Phantoms is another movie that that I think gets a bad rap I think the movie was great I think that it uh, Holds up extremely well. Some of the CGI is a bit dated, but Ben Affleck's in it. Uh, there's a great cast of of characters in this movie, based on Dean Koontz's novel, which I loved. It's not near as good as Dean Koontz's novel, but as far as like an, a thing, it's Invasion of the Body Snatcher knockoff type thing goes, it's it's an easily a once a year viewing for me. I, I really d- I really dig that movie. Um, just a couple more. Man, I, I'm not even going to get through all of February, and I'm running out of time. Um, Zombie 5, Killing Birds. I That was hilariously bad. Has a great beginning and a great ending, and then an hour's worth of total boring, boring crap. Um, I also watched Night of the Comet, which I don't understand all the love that that movie gets. It's an 80s movie. It's okay, uh, but... Boy, a lot of people like that movie. I thought that it uh, it was maybe if it would maybe it was one of those where if I would have watched it uh, back when it was released, I would have had more fond memories of it. But for the first time watching it, I'm like, nah, that was average at best. A couple more Italian uh, Italian gory sleaze fests that I got through: Zombie Four, After Death, god awful, terrible. Uh, a Muck Train, also known as Beyond the Door Three. Oh man. It's even more lame and tedious than Killing Birds. Uh, There is some great gore in it, but it's literally like you have to sit through almost 80 minutes of nothing to get through a little bit of cool. So avoid at all costs. And Zombie 4, uh, there is some great, backstory on that movie that I'm not going to get into on this episode but there's enough backstory on that movie to where I could actually see myself talking about it a little bit more on my show even though the movie itself is not good uh, how it was made who stars in it and all that stuff is kind of interesting so uh, anyway yeah and I'm not even through uh, I'm not even through February and I've got some uh, really big ones left from February that I, I would like to spend ever so slightly more time on. So I'm just going to continue this on the next episode. Uh, I might even just keep rolling with this and see how long this goes. I mean, it, I might bore you all the tears, but... It's the movies that I watched, and I'm going to talk about them. Uh, and it's cool to see what I've what I've previously watched this year, and think to myself, "Ooh, I'm going to spend a lot more time on this movie uh, on a later episode, and this movie on a later episode." And in my mind, I'm already putting together different different packages for episodes because usually I talk about two to three movies in episodes. So anyway. Um, that's going to do it for me today. I'll get into more of this on the next episode. But if I don't talk to you all before New Year, Happy New Year's. And if I do, then you'll be hearing from me again real soon. You can get a hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at Hotmail.com for any questions, comments, concerns, wishing me a Happy New Year or telling me to piss off, whatever you want to do, it's fine. Uh, Movie Freaks, uh, my sister show that I co-host with Eric Marner over on YouTube, soon to be iTunes. Uh, Cinema's Sidekicks, they're... Uh, doing their thing on iTunes, go check out their show. It's great. Uh, I think you guys should do more shows, but regardless, that's okay. That's just throwing that out there. Um, So that's going to do it for me. I hope you've enjoyed my uh, part one of the uh, Soft Underbelly Urine Review, and until next time, thanks.